Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we've got some reactions to the final week of regular season qualifying matches for major ones. It was a pretty crazy one. We came down to about a million different scenarios uh, for tiebreakers coming into the final day. And uh, obviously, we don't have a match uh, or a tournament this coming weekend, so we don't have predictions to make necessarily. We're going to save those for next week ahead of the major. Uh, we're going to be listing our top 10 and top 5 players at each position and getting into some news, talking about the matches of the weekend. But before we get into that, Kyle, how are you doing today? It's an eventful, uh, eventful week here. Um, you know, we, we uh, I don't know, with all the changing weather... Like we have like a big warm up and then a, a big freeze again and stuff. So it's <laughs> caused some uh you know like issues with like water and stuff here. Uh you know, like a lot of water like just melts really quick and, and it's just been kinda um, you know, some of it's gotten it like leaked into the basement and stuff, so it's been a lot of uh you know un unfortunate circumstances there. And then um you know, we're having also some like contractor work at the house too, so it's like stuff's getting torn up and hammering uh you know construction noises going on all day and stuff so you know it's kind of just like you know, everything's just like strewn about and torn about right now but uh you know uh it was you know i was able to sit down and watch some of the matches this weekend so uh you know had some normalcy injected into the week there yeah. uh so yeah i'm ready to get into this yeah we i mean right now actually as we're talking there's a big snowstorm going on outside my house we're supposed to get like potentially uh i think like six inches of snow in my area but some places north of me are supposed to get over a foot of snow tonight so uh, that's not going to be fun um but before we get into everything if you guys enjoy this one be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe on youtube and follow on the audio platforms those will be listed in the description uh, if you're watching on youtube uh and then follow uh the the channel's twitter as well that'll be in the description We've got a fun one today. I'm excited to get into it. Before we kind of dive into some of the matches, going to talk about some news. First thing being, I mean, Kyle, it was pretty confusing. The tiebreakers uh, for the major, honestly, they might not have been that confusing, but there was no like public knowledge or statement as to what the tiebreakers really were. I feel like they probably wouldn't have been that confusing um, if they had just told us or had them listed somewhere. But like, Going into the final day, half the players and teams like didn't know what their chances and potential seeds they could get because it was like super confusing because they just weren't making any any of the knowledge public. Yeah, I, I felt it was kind of uh, you know for me personally, just watching it was confusing. It was like it came down to like if a team lost, it came down to how many maps they played, and uh, I don't know. It, it was just it was confusing like you said um and it didn't help that none of it was really published um because yeah. i'm sure you know some of the twitter accounts out there like easy mac and you know people that are really plugged into like you know the map by map stats and uh results and stuff they would have been able to you know put out the scenarios and it's like you know because sometimes it's fun like in in traditional sports when you get like a you know, you get like a big matrix of like, okay, if, if uh, who wins and how many maps, then th this result will happen and these seeds will happen. But it was like, we were kind of just like you know, winging it, shooting from the hip, so to speak. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was just like, it was, it was a little bit hard to follow along, um, you know, and then once matches wrapped up yesterday, um, you know, we, we finally did get the bracket published and stuff. So that made it a, a little bit easier, but uh you know, while everything was going on, it was just a little, a little bit hard to understand. Yeah, I mean, 
it, it was super hard to understand. The one disappointing thing was going into that Sunday, Optic was two and two and Breach were two and two, and it almost seemed like they would be playing for like the guaranteed winner's bracket spot. And then the other team would drop down into that tiebreaker. And who knows, maybe they would drop down. Cause like every team was two and three, like half the league, I think it was like six or seven teams finished two and three. And then all of a sudden they said right before the match, actually no optic is already locked into winners and breaching to win a map. So I was like, Oh, the mat, the match is a little less exciting uh, now since obviously optic had already clinched winners. So it wasn't like a win in your end situation. Speaking of optic though, Shotzi breaks GAs versus the ultra. Um, Obviously, we've already established wasn't intentional on his part, but still pretty bad that he had it on for not one, but two maps, uh, meaning the F8 stabilizer, which was uh, obviously GA'd uh, a while back. It was pretty crazy during the matches. Obviously, unfortunate it happened. Uh, one thing I will say, people are really complaining. I get the frustration. I also get that if it was the flip side and Ultra were using it against Optic, Twitter would have been going crazy and the Optic fans would have been going crazy, but... I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. It it didn't matter if they had FA on or not. Optic absolutely world star Toronto in this series. It wasn't going to matter. And then they took it off in map uh, three and the ultra players put it on and they still just world star them. Uh, unfortunately, it happened and shouldn't happen. I don't know how Shotzi possibly put it on or had it on for two maps, but it, let's, it, let's be honest, it didn't really have an uh, effect on the outcome of the series. Optic was world star in them regardless. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I don't like that cop out per se. I mean, I, I totally get it. And I agree that optic just had the better, you know, gameplay that day. Um, but like you said, if the roles were reversed and, you know, ultra was, you know, so, like, let's say Kleenex, like, because it wasn't the entire team, it was just one. Yeah. Like, let's say like one player on ultra was using F8 or some G8 attachment. And, uh, it was clear that optic was just down that day as well and stuff. Uh, you know, in would everybody be still sitting there and being like, Oh, well, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter because optic just sucked that day or, you know, ultra was just far by far the superior team with or without the F eight. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I was just like, you know, this is good drama. This is a good storyline to talk about. I wasn't really like, you know, up in arms about it. Uh, and uh yeah so it was just kind of interesting um that it happened to go for two straight maps and you know from what i from what i've seen and stuff it's a pretty noticeable thing that's on the uh on attached to the end of the barrel as well um oh yeah big rectangle so, at the end of the barrel <laughs> yeah exactly so uh i don't know um and you know Shotzi uh seems like the last person that would you know intentionally stir the pot to make drama like that uh as well, well. Let's, so. let's be honest if somebody was purposely breaking gas they wouldn't do it in the what the fourth match of the regular season for major one it'd be on a lot uh bigger scale if they really wanted to break gas for an advantage they wouldn't break them here and screw over uh really the rest of the league if things were to break down i mean it was, it was obviously an accident unfortunate um i'm most thankful it happened in like a blowout match so it didn't become like a big controversy where like he got a couple crazy kills and like it was the difference or something. Uh, it's almost good because we don't have to keep talking about it because uh, it ended up in uh, happening in such a blowout. But yeah, wild times. People are breaking GAs. Thankfully, it wasn't some malicious intent thing or we'd be having a whole crazy discussion in the pro community. It'd, it'd lead to some good drama, though. Um, another piece of news to talk about. Ranked play is live. Obviously, this past weekend, I played a bunch with my buddies. 
I'm pretty happy overall. I'll say it's good that we have an SR system. Some things obviously need to be fixed. Uh, first of all, I swear the Gavutu play rate is insane. All I play is that map. Like, and I hate it. I hate that map so much. Um, overall, ELO system seems pretty good. They're working on some tweaks, uh, which are definitely needed, I will say, because like yesterday when I was playing, every win I was getting, no matter if I was top of my team, bottom of my team, middle, like frying, struggling, whatever, I would get like five or seven SR for a win. And then if I lost, I'd get minus 50 or minus 40. Like no matter how I was doing individually, how bad we lost, how, how close the game was, no matter what, I lose 50 SR, gain seven. Then the other day I was losing like 10 and gaining 50 for every win. It's like when you're in that cycle of only gaining seven and losing 40 to 50, you have to win like seven games to counter one loss. And like, obviously that's not how it should be. So there's, there's a little bit of issues with the ELO, but I'm sure that'll get patched out. One other thing I tweeted about, and I had a bunch of people reply to me, agree with me is I swear on like Gavitu and sometimes Berlin. Um, and then a lot of people in my comments were saying, and every map it happens to them, but in ranked play, I just like lose aim assist randomly. Like I'll be like shooting at somebody or like I'll never like when I'm in the boat on Gavitu, it always happens. Just lose aim assist. So that's something that I think they need to address. But overall, I'm, I'm pretty hyped with the rank system. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks, uh, you know, it looks entertaining. And uh, it's good that there's a SR uh, system to this as well, just to keep people, you know, I guess playing with their similar skill rank. Um and you know that it's transparent and i you know i I think that um there's accounts online that are like dissecting what exactly the elo uh you know values are that contribute to what sr you are what like rank you are in the game um I, i i watched a little bit of it watched some streamers play um I don't know. It, it was entertaining. Uh, I just wish that the map pool was larger and that hundred uh, you know, percent that we got to play some that you know, like you were saying, like Gavu came up a lot. Um, you know, maybe we could get some. And and I, I feel like uh, you know people really want to just play hard point. Like that's pretty much like what a lot of people want to. They just want to play like respawn and they want to play hard point mostly. Um, so, you know, maybe if there was like a tilt towards that instead of like playing controller S and D. Yeah. Especially, I mean, yeah. So I love playing S and D when I'm playing with like my three friends and we're playing as a full team. S and D is like the most fun to me, but at the same time, like solo queuing S and D is like the most stressful and annoying thing to play when like, especially if you can't calm with your teammates or anything, obviously like communication S and D is the biggest thing. It's like the worst thing to play solo queuing, but super fun. Uh, to play as a squad although i can get why they don't want to split the game out because like nobody would ever search and control mm-hmm. uh so i kind of get why they want everybody to play like a balanced but yeah I-, I wish there was a way to fix play rate uh and maybe make control like like maybe split it like 40 percent search 40 percent hard point 20 percent control because they say they're going for like a 33.3 you know like one third of the time you play each game mode but i promise you i played so much desert siege and gavitu the two worst maps ever uh so so much but um another thing happening in the game team camos i don't think they're technically like released like i didn't see a section where you could buy them but like the camos are in the game invisible um i have like kind of a split opinion on them obviously the big news was that uh the optic camo came out called the texas the texas optics uh which is pretty funny and people are having fun with that in the timeline like how do they screw that up um for their biggest team but 
like if these weren't cdl camels the camels themselves actually like look pretty cool but for what they are they're terrible because they don't have the team's logo anywhere on them like if i was somebody who knew nothing about the cdl and i saw like i thought like the ultra camo itself looked like really cool on the gun but like if i just saw that on somebody's gun i would have no clue um like that that's associated with some pro league or like associated with a team i just think oh it's a cool like purple blue pink camo uh so like I actually do agree with some people saying they look cool because like actually like visually some of them look all right, but they're terrible for what they are because they have no logos anywhere. They're all generic, all the same. Um, We just need to let like somebody from the organizations or like for optic, I'm sure like hex would design it. Uh, We need to either let somebody from the organizations or let them hire somebody uh, to like contract to make their camo and get some cool custom camos, just like with the in-game jerseys, just like uh, without a game jerseys, we need to get some more customization, but um, pretty disappointed with the camos because if you weren't a CDL fan, you'd have no idea that it was a CDL camo. Yeah, I, I don't know. When you think that you know the the in-game store is going to be like microtransacting for each individual camo as well. Like you'll get a team pack with the camo and the skin and stuff, and then you'll get like maybe a sticker and like the um, calling card and you know all that jazz for like ten bucks or something. I think that's a total. Uh, you know, if it's just like, you know, the same camo, except that the colors are just adjusted mm-hmm. and stuff, it's just really just rinse and repeat and it's dry. You know, whereas, you know, if you had, let's say, like, I, I don't want to use Optic because obviously they would always get the most transactions probably. But like, let's say you had mm-hmm. a, uh, like a, like, let's just say Paris Legion or something like had the craziest you know, graphic design for their camo or something. And it was just by far and away the most cool. Um, and that would get them some, you know, that would boost their microtransaction revenue or whatever, way more than it normally would. I, I think that would be really cool. Like you were saying, if you had the ability to individually design your own and it would really show like if somebody, if you're investing in your, you know, in your graphic design or your, you know, the small areas of your team like that. So yeah, um, kind of disappointed that, you know, it's probably just going to be the same, you know, rinse and repeat color scheme and stuff like stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I, I would say overall it was more negative than positive. Well, and honestly, like it's not like having the camo in the store is going to make like a ton of new fans. I mean, it could bring in a couple here and there, but like, even if there was the camo that said Paris Legion, obviously they don't have uh, much popularity, but like if you're, if you're a French God player, over there in France, and you see, like, you could have Paris Legion. Like, oh, wait, my city has a team that might lead you to, like, look them up or put that camo on. Or think about how many people out there. I mean, Optic is the biggest organization in COD, but on a broader scale, FaZe is by far the biggest organization that's in the CDL. Like, it obviously says Atlanta FaZe when you actually, like, look into the camo. But, like, there's probably people that are fans of Nick Merckx or other members of FaZe that are, like the sniping and the quickscoping back in the day. Or they like watching some of the FaZe Warzone guys. Uh, and they have no idea there's even a competitive team at all. And if they saw like a phase logo on the gun, they'd be like, wait, I love phase. I'll buy that. Uh, and that might get them into the CDL. Like if it was more obvious that these were CDL team camos, besides the fact that they're in a section that says CDL team camos and they say the team's name uh, technically, like when you're hovering over the camo, but you can't tell at all from the actual design. Um, speaking of phase though, we can probably dive right into uh our reactions for this weekend start with them as the only five and O team. Uh, we talked about potentially covering challengers elite, but I didn't have too much of a chance 
to keep up with challengers uh, being so busy keeping up with all this uh, and then life as well i haven't had too much time to really keep up with challengers elite the one thing i know though is uh i want to give a shout out to the veteran squad in na as well as in eu uh the old heretic squad with real on the team bunch of veterans killing it the best team in europe as well as in na with general uh kismet brezzi and havoc bunch of vets and everybody always says the vets can't play in challengers it's always the young guns that should get called up well there are two veteran teams absolutely dominating the competition that makes uh that general brezzi havoc and uh kismet team in na now has won four uh tournaments in a row they won the challengers elite uh havoc looks like the best player in the game after this last elite he was absolutely dominating uh in the finals so want to give a shout out to those two teams a bunch of veteran teams uh putting in work because we always hear how veterans can't get it done so I like to give them a shout out when they get it done down in challengers yeah for sure and obviously uh you know roster moves potential roster moves are not far on the horizon um no so probably after major one we'll see a few yeah it's kind of priming the pump for uh you know will we see one one or more of these um you know well-performing you know quote-unquote amateur players get uh you know, get poached and brought up to a uh, CDL team, or will yeah, it be? How about, yeah. So, how about Brezzi over to the Paris Legion? With how bad they're playing, he's a French, French-born player. It wouldn't be the worst thing for them to look at. Try to get some homegrown talent, maybe maybe make him popular over there. I mean, it's not like they can get any worse with the roster move. Like they're one five. Make a move, sign a French player. They should have done with Hydra, and I'll do it with Brezzi. Uh, that's all we got for challenges, Elite, though, because uh, we haven't had too much time, like I said, to to really dive into that. But we'll get into our reactions from this past weekend. We're kind of going to go down in order of like five and O teams down to four and one teams to three and two teams. And then the giant cluster of two and three teams and then down to our bottom teams. Uh, obviously, there's one five and O team, one undefeated team. And that is Atlanta phase. I don't think uh, anybody is shocked that if there's one undefeated team, they're the team that we find here. Um I guess, do you have anything to nitpick on them so far? We obviously can't point to a loss, I guess. I mean, for me, it's the shaky play of Simp early on in the year, but with how shaky he's looked, his stats are looking pretty good now, and he's really played well lately. Uh, I guess if I were to nitpick something, it'd be maybe Simp and Arsides having slightly... I mean, they're still both laying out, especially over the last three matches. Uh, but they're maybe below what we're used to seeing. But on the other hand, while those two have been a little down, Abizi is absolutely frying, and Selim is arguably the best player in the game. Uh, and it seems like Simp and Arcees are coming around. So I don't really have too much to nitpick on them because they look like a fantastic search team. They look really good in hardpoint. Um, I guess maybe the one thing I'll say is they don't look as dominant in hardpoint and control as they did last year. So maybe that's a weakness if you're going to find a way to poke a hole in them and maybe say somebody else could take them out in the major. But I mean, don't know how they can't be listed as your favorite uh, going into the major. Right, for sure. Um, you know, my one thing is like they they haven't necessarily played like the other best teams yet. I mean, they did yep. play uh, yeah. Thieves uh, in this past uh, in the qualifiers and stuff. But, um, you know, other than that, they played... Uh, Paris, which is a walkover, pretty much. Yeah, three um, two though. That was like their yeah, one close yeah, match, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, but on paper you would look at it and be like, "Oh man, that looks like a walkover." Then they played yeah. Boston, and then um, Minnesota, right? 
Yeah, they played Minnesota and Thieves. Uh, Subliners. Yeah, yeah. Subliners in, in the, this last week. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they they're playing a mix of teams. You know, like the uh, like we would probably say Thieves are a top a top tier game a top tier team right now as well, just based on record alone and results. Um, and then you know, but then the, then they play Paris and New York, which are like you know probably the two worst teams in the game right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, you know, you would wait to you know, maybe wait to see them play like Ravens, Optic, Surge. I don't know. Uh, you know, other teams that are up there. But then, then again, we only have five matches to give us records and stuff. So it's like, yeah, we 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 deal with what we have. Yeah, and it's tough to fault them for beating maybe teams that aren't top because that's the schedule they're given but at the same time it is definitely a talking point um i like that point and i also think to kind of build on to yours since we have to find a way that they have a weakness is i will say going into major one in cold war they felt like the absolute dominant force and were like not going to be stopped unless something crazy happened uh and you can uh, say you disagree with me i want to know your thoughts on it but i feel like i'm not like like in Cold War, I I was like in Major One phase are winning this, and I'm going to be absolutely shocked if they don't. Now coming into this event, I'm still saying you know phase are the favorite. They're the team. Like if I was asked to absolutely had to pick one team, I'm probably picking phase. But I feel like Ravens are kind of a dark horse with how good they've looked. Uh, I feel like Optic heating up. They're maybe a dark horse. Uh, you can never count a team like Ultra out. Uh, Thieves are looking really good uh, at four and one, and they look like the best hardpoint team in the game. Uh, Surge, I know they're kind of on a, a little cold streak here at 0-2, but they looked really good early on. They even beat FaZe at the kickoff. Like, I feel like, I don't know, you know what I mean? I, I think FaZe are a lot less, like, shoo-in to be the winner in this event uh, because they haven't been as dominant uh, as as we saw them last year. Yeah, I mean, that's a, like you said, that's a fair point. Um, I also think maybe, maybe it goes to having, like, a, uh, like a non-traditional uh game like uh as far as like spawns and yeah it's definitely you know, harder it, consistently dominate it seems like some of the um especially like the, some of the control maps are just like you know might as well just fast forward to round five um although we did see some you know some uh attacking wins on gavu too uh oh, so God, don't even not... start with that stupid map yeah <laughs> but i mean but i mean you know like so i don't know i just it kind of gets back to like the map pool for me as well. It's like, it's such a, it's such a closed up pool of maps and stuff. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe if we can expand, like, especially the hard point and the S and D pools and stuff, then we could see some like strategy from other teams, but it seems like you're kind of backing yourself into a corner. Um, you know, like odds are you're going to play, you know, one of the four maps, <laughs> you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, the vetoes just, don't seem to you know really makes make too much uh you know strategy it's like you just auto ban stuff um so i don't know i mean i'm i i feel like i'm talking myself in a circle here but uh point being is that i don't think phase are really like you know underperforming by any means but i do see where i I do see a world where like you know it, it is a little bit harder to to say that like yeah phase are for sure, a hundred percent. You know, the favorites to win this. I like, like you were saying. I, I definitely, um, you know, would probably throw some consideration over to 
Thieves, Ravens, you know, some of those other teams as well, even maybe even some of the two and three teams, uh, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of Ravens and those other teams, a couple four and one teams we got to talk about. My Ravens have looked really good. They kind of had their way with Surge. They, the Surge really dominated the Search and Destroy, but other than that, in the respawns, the Ravens had their way with them. Um, you think they're a top three team right now? I mean, based on pure record, I would say yes. Um, yeah, you know I there's think, more to it than record, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, even like even if we were doing like a straight-up power rank or something, I would say, like, yeah, I would probably have to respectfully put them in the top three. Yeah, I um, mean, I feel like the only three teams you can make an argument for right now are FaZe, obviously. Thieves is the other 4 and one team. And then, you know, a little while ago you would have said Surge, but now they're lost two in a row. London dominated them. Maybe Optic because they've looked really hot, but London are right in that 3-4 range, I think, right now. Although I do want... I'm nervous. All right, sorry if you guys hear a weird um, audio crash there in the podcast. We just had a little software crash in the middle of recording, but... um, we're going to pick it back up. Kyle was talking about Ravens when we had a little crash. So hopefully this doesn't sound too weird in the recording, but we're just going to jump right back into things. Yeah, I was saying uh, as far as Ravens go, like you wouldn't want to see a team have such a disparity between their online and land performances, um, which leads me to, you know, I, I would like to be, you know, innocent until proven guilty in, in terms of like buying into how they might perform on land. Um so yeah, I, I would I would say that they are definitely a top three team at this time. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how you could really argue against it. I, and if you do argue against it, you're like putting them at like four or something. Like it's not like you're dropping them uh way below uh by any means. Um it'll certainly be interesting to see how they perform on land though. It's gonna be hard to get a real solid feeling on them unless like we see them absolutely bottom out and get like double first rounder or something. Uh, or if we see them make a potential run to top four, we'll obviously have them very solidified. The other four and one team we've got LA thieves. Uh, their one loss obviously coming to phase where they got three, one other than that, they're four and one. They take out Paris this weekend as we expected. And they take out ultra, which is a lot more of an impressive win. Cause I think both of us would agree, uh, despite the fact that ultra are two and three, we still consider them uh, a pretty darn good team. Uh, they're definitely not an easy win by any means. What do you think? Are they exceeding expectations at this point, LA Thieves? I feel like they're about where I expect them to be. Maybe a little better. I, I expect them to be a, a top six team, though. A team that has potential to win events. Uh, maybe I didn't expect it to happen this quickly. Maybe I thought it would take a little more time to gel. But I feel like they're around where I expected them to be. Because I, I expect them to be a dominant hardpoint team. And if they could figure out the other game modes, they'd find themselves in a position to contend. And that's pretty much where they are. Yeah, I I would kind of offer a contrasting opinion. I would say that they are exceeding um, expectations at this point because there was a lot of narrative going into the season about, um, you know, are they going to be flipping Kenny and Draza and roles? You know, is it really going to work? People were kind of just like, you know, is, is the online going to affect them? You know, Octane, you know, famously had really two horrendous years online uh, in terms of getting results. So it's like, was mm-hmm. the online qualification matches gonna, you know, just chalk his vibes. Um, you know, people were 
questioning if you know how Envoy was going to gel into the team as well. Um, so I was maybe not expecting them to have you know at least a four and one record at this point. Um, maybe sitting more middle of the pack, but they're definitely looking like top third uh, in terms of just like obviously the record is like would put them tied for second right now. Um, but I would say for sure, uh, in my mind, they're exceeding expectations. Yeah. Uh, and I hope they continue because they're a team that I feel like can give a run to any of the top teams, no matter if phase falls out as being the top team, which I don't see happening. If we have new teams coming towards the top, thieves are always a team that's going to be able to give people a run for their money because of how strong they're always going to be in hard point and how much slaying ability they have. I mean, you know, a guy like Octane is always going to be towards the top in ARKDs. Uh, but since a little bit of a struggle in the start, Kenny's really picked it up. Envoy has looked like flat. Some flashes he's shown in matches, he looks like a top sub um, with some of the crazy flashes he's been showing. Uh, obviously, Draws has been pretty consistent all year around a one. And honestly, the team is looking pretty good. Uh, I'm still not fully sold on their ability to win this major potentially because of their search and destroy, but they've started to look improved. So I, I still think that there's a chance they could do it, but that's the one thing that gives me a little bit of a pause to this team is the fact that their search and destroy at times in this early part of the stage has looked so bad. And obviously at some point, if you're going to win an event, you're probably going to have to clutch up in a game five somewhere. Uh, and of these top three teams right here in record phase, Ravens and thieves, I think I have the least faith in thieves s and d uh but they have a bunch of veteran players and all of a sudden if they put it together on land i wouldn't be shocked at all either so excited to see what they can do this weekend really excited to see what all these teams can do because ravens and thieves are a bit, both maybe kind of surprise four and one teams that we thought could be good but maybe not this good this fast so it'll be interesting to see if they can live up to that uh top three record that they have coming into the major but moving on to our three and two teams first one we've got the big dogs in the league the popular team optic who defeated ultra in boston huge week for optic uh they 3-0 ultra uh they 3-1 boston losing that map one and then running three straight uh i mean i say huge week for them because this could have been a season changing week if they lose one lose two go down to losers maybe get knocked out early you could be talking roster changes uh but now they've won two in a row they're on the winner side of the bracket they kind of get a tough draw because they play, I believe, Surge round one, and then they have to play the winner of the Phase Boston match. So they're likely playing Phase round two if they uh, if they win round one. So tough draw for them, but uh, I'm buying a lot of stock in Optic because I feel like that 0-2 start. I said it in the last podcast. Uh, I think it could be one of the better things that happens to them because instead of starting fast like they always do, maybe they get punched in the mouth right away and they realize we've got to grind. We're hearing stories of Dashy at the hex quarters very late nights working on different nade spots and different strats uh, and all kinds of things in search and destroying. Clearly it's been paying off because they looked a lot better in search this week. He looked a lot better in search this week. Uh, I'm buying some pretty big stock into optic. I feel like not saying they're like my favorite to win the major or anything, but I feel like as opposed to two weeks ago, I feel pretty confident that this team has what it takes to make a top four, maybe top three run this weekend. Yeah, I'm making a, uh, a speculative investment in Optic stock right now as well. Um, maybe not, I'm not like pushing all the chips to the center of the table. Um, I think doing it, doing that with really any team right now would be kind of foolish just yeah. based on like the, the parity and results that we've seen. But they, the Optic definitely turned a new leaf. Um, 
you know, at least in terms of like, you know, just, you know, dominating ultra and then, you know, kind of, they kind of ran through Boston aside from dropping the opening hard point as well. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. they, didn't they three Oh that Gavudu control and stuff. And yeah. It's like, pro- I, I don't Yeah. I mean, this isn't a, like a hundred percent stat, but I'm pretty sure it's gotta be the first three Oh in the league this year in Gavutu. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it was definitely really, it was impressive and I don't, you know, if you're an optic fan, I don't see how you could. You know, it's probably the best. It, it is the best case scenario after starting zero and two to win the last three to find yourself uh, in winners. Obviously, uh, you mentioned that they have a tough draw. Yeah, but you know, next time they'll be telling themselves, you know, hey, just don't lose matches and you'll get a better draw, or you'll have you know a more favorable draw. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic. I think they. Definitely have the uh, the caliber to, like you said, make a, a top four ish run. Um, you know, maybe if a couple matches go their way, they could find themselves, you know, playing in the grand finals. Who knows? Yeah, I, I definitely think that I really, really, really like where this team is at because unlike most optic teams in the past, I see the S and D potential, and we also know they have the talent and response. And one thing that's been crazy to me is Shotzi's been playing unbelievable. Dashy's looked very good. Uh, Scump has looked so so I feel like we know especially when it comes to the big moments we know Scump is going to get to where he needs to be but Illy has been like surprisingly looking really good in the slain department which is not what we expected for this team we expected a guy like Shotzi and Dashy especially to kind of be the top slayers but uh, even Scump but I feel like Illy was probably number four in terms of who we expected to be a slayer in this team but honestly I'm like especially in, like the bow cages when Illy has to pull up that third sub he's looked fantastic uh, and that their shot calling on a couple of a uh, couple of S and D rounds was massive. And that Boston series uh, in that Tuscan search and that round 11, that was one of the best shot calls I've seen on an optic team in a while. It seems like a lot of times they kind of turtle up in their round 11s on that. They did the old school. I heard name was talking about in the broadcast, my style S and D old school, spread the map, make sure every lane's covered. So you can't have anybody leak through, get your playmaker to leak through on their side of the map and have them hit the flank. Uh, and Shotzi hit the flank, killed the bomb planner in that round 11, and they're able to take him out. Um, some pretty good search and destroy plays that really we haven't seen from Optic uh, in a while since, um, well, maybe really Karma was calling some shots for them. Uh, so pretty pretty cool to see. Uh, our other 3-2 and two team maybe on the exact opposite trend, though, huh? Uh, Surge, they completely falter in week three. They drop both matches. Uh, what do you think? Are they coming uh, back down to earth? Are we worried about them? Uh I feel like I'm a little bit worried because of the fact that, I mean, they are three and two. They won two game five round 11. So, uh, I mean, even one of those doesn't go their way. They're at two and three. Both don't go their way. They're one and four. Like they were very close to being one and four. They obviously finished three and two. So it's a pretty solid stage for them, especially because another team like Ravens that we were talking about, uh, they were probably going to be a slow starter. And obviously they weren't, they were about as fast as you could start at three and oh, um, I guess I am a little worried though because like Sib has looked like a human the last two matches where he was dropping a 1.4 in every series for the first three uh, and was looking like an MVP candidate and he's looked like a human and a normal player where he struggled a little bit in the last two series and it's really dropped the surge down. I mean, accuracy was by far their best player in their fifth match, uh, which is something that can't be happening. Accuracy can't be their best player on the map because that's not what his job is on this team. He's He's the main AR, the leader. He's not supposed to be the superstar. So I don't know. I'm I'm a little worried about this team. I, I just don't think it's time to like panic, but uh, I think people might have been a little bit too fast on the hype train. 
Yeah, I'm for sure not pulling the plug on them by any means. Um, but I, I do think it is a uh, kind of a coming back down to earth. Um, they get humbled in, you know, two straight maps or, or two straight matches, uh, should say. Um, that Mutineers 3-0 really shocked me. Uh, I don't know. I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of just left like, you know, yeah, did I really just see that? Like, you know. You would you always expect I mean at least in early days you always expect Surge to come out heavy in the you know in the opening hard point and stuff and you know they just looked kind of flat and mutineers kind of you know they just capitalized on on the opportunity um, and then you could argue that the uh, that the you know the Raven Surge match was like a, a clash of two you know pretty uh, you know powerful teams and Ravens just came out on top. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I think that I, I still have faith that this team will come around. Um, maybe they won't be a top like three team. Like we might've been, you know, you know, buying, like, you know, getting high on their own supply, uh, at the, at the beginning of the, you know, the first two weeks and stuff, we were like, oh my gosh, surge, surge, surge. Um, but you know, maybe they will be. You know, I, I think they might slot better into like the top six conversation. Um, but you know, that'll all be hashed out in the coming weeks, obviously. So Yeah, yeah we're that's... gonna finally get a good picture of where everybody really, really stands after a full major on land. Uh but they're they're an interesting conundrum coming into this major because two weeks ago you could have maybe argued they were the favorite going into the major, and now we're wondering if they're gonna be able to even potentially get past a round or two because I believe they have optic first round. So that's, that's a tough match, uh, tough match for them considering, uh, how hot optic is right now and how cold they are. It's, it's an interesting meeting. It's maybe the coldest team. Uh, obviously not. Cause you got like a team like Paris, but from where they were to where they are now, and then optic from where they were to where they are now, they're two of the polar opposite teams. Uh, now we're going to jump into our absolutely cluttered two and three teams. Um, ultra, towards the top of those two and three teams. Obviously they fall to optic and thieves this week. I don't know. The question we have here is, are we reassessing our expectations of them going forward? I'm going to be honest. I'm not at all. Uh, they lost to optic and thieves. Guess what? Optic and thieves are fantastic teams themselves. Uh, my guy, Cammy just hasn't looked like himself as much early on. He's been struggling a little bit. Obviously we know he had COVID and missed the one match uh, earlier. So he has a little bit less stats to show, uh, for this year, but he's looked a little bit shaky compared to what we're used to compared to MVP Cami. Kleenex has been very up and down, but we expect that out of him. Uh, Insight hasn't been as good as he was last year either. Bance has actually been really good in my opinion. Uh, been almost their best player this year, but I'm not really reassessing my expectations for them going forward. I feel like uh, I still expect them to be a very good team. I still could see them making a big time run uh, at the major this week. It all starts with that first match. They play LA thieves in the first round, which is a gauntlet. Uh, I believe they play LA Thieves at least, which is a gauntlet. Uh, if they're able to somehow take down Thieves in that first match, I could see them making a run uh, deep into the tournament. Uh, and we know with their composure and everything, they're they're not going to fold. Uh, I still have very high expectations for this team, and I still feel like uh, as long as everything keeps uh, at least going decent for them and Cami can pick it up, I still expect us to be talking about them as a potential contender to be the world champs towards the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that... Um... You know, these team, you know, ultra, uh, they played, they lost to three pretty 
substantial teams. I mean, yeah, uh, Optic and Thieves who, are good teams. They're going to beat yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, and then week one, they also lost to Surge, too. Who, yeah. you know, we just got done talking about them. They're no they were red hot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think the, the three losses are justified. I mean, yeah. replay those three matches. I think that, you know, they could easily flip all to Ultra. Uh, well, yeah, and, and we think do, about and, it. With Optic and Thieves, like their schedule is that tough and ha- a hot surge. That means at some point coming up, they're going to have an easier schedule. Right. So uh, I don't think I'm, you know, re reassessing my expectations for Ultra by any means. I still think this is a team that's built to make deep land runs. Uh, you know, we saw it last year. Uh, we saw them win the kickoff classic, obviously, as well. Um you know, this team is comfortable on land. They're, you know, they have the the chemistry and teamwork. Uh, so, yeah. Short answer: No, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that. You know, this is a team that's you know, fallen off, and you know, we should chalk them up to be like, you know, they'll you know they'll make chance, but they're not gonna do anything. No, I I think this team is you know in it for the long haul. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Kind of on that same coin reassessing your expectations are you reassessing them for mutineers at all they were 0 and 3 uh they 3-0 surge to go 2 and 0 on this weekend get to 2 and 3 uh they almost clawed their way back into winner's bracket somehow after an 0 and 3 start they look a lot better uh when you actually look at their individual stats like big wake and dave patey have like two of the top kds in the league skies is actually not bad vivid's actually their lowest kd but we know what Vivid brings to the map if you look at more advanced stats he's like number one in engagements in like every game mode so we know he's just bringing that aggression uh, and really him dropping that point nine one and that aggressiveness is what's allowing big wake and Dave Patey to have those high KDs. Um, and we all know what Vivid brings to the brings to the table. So their numbers and everything on paper look really good. Even in their loss to the ultra with Hixie, they lost like in by seconds in the control and around 11 in the search and by one point on a bouquet hard point, like the mutineers have actually looked not terrible. I still feel like, their ceiling is kind of middle of the pack, like seven, eight range. But uh, I'm a little more optimistic on this team after seeing them uh, have a really good weekend. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk about like parity and results. They, uh, you know, obviously they they beat um, Ultra here, uh, or sorry, they beat Surge, and then they also beat Paris uh, earlier on. To um, you know, yeah. those were their two wins. So it's like. You know they beat one of the best teams, and then they beat the worst team. Um, so I, yeah, I'm not sure if what my expectations are for this team. I, I think I need to see them, maybe not even through stage one land, but maybe through stage two, to really get a to really get a, like a fair assessment. Um, yeah, because I, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, they it's it's like they have three ARs on their team, like they have Big Wake, Skies, and Dave Patey. And it's like, who's going to run with Vivid? Uh, that was like, you know, that's been one of the narratives and stuff. And like we were saying, like their their numbers have been impressive from <laughs> individual stats. Um, and you know what makes no sense to me? This team is always playing Bow Cage. Always. <laughs> and they're like the team that you would argue has the least sub talent. I mean, I know Skies and Big Wake are very talented players. It's not like they're incapable of running a sub. Big Wake's actually pretty darn good and skies at times has looked pretty good darn good with the sub but they seem like uh I, i'm i guess i haven't looked too much into their vetoes because i uh, admittedly haven't been as interested in florida matches but i'm assuming most teams are vetoing uh gavitu against them because 
you would think with big wakes guys and Dave Patey, they'd be pretty darn good at that map because uh, that's obviously a three AR map. Uh, and if there's a player that can get aggressive, Vivid seems like the perfect sub player to play on that map. Um, so I'm assuming most teams are vetoing them, but why are they playing Bowcage so much? I feel like this team has potential. Like I feel like they're a pretty good search team if they can just figure out one of the respawn modes to be uh, a solid team. And like we know they have that pop off talent that they can they can make a move, but um, we can move on to your team now. Got the rocker. They claw back versus LAG. Uh, whether it was a choke job by LAG or a clutch, uh, clutch game in that game four for Minnesota to claw back in and win that series. Um, I don't know. You think they're getting bailed out too much? Like we have in our notes here, they they had OG uh, Optic choked against them in that first match, and then LAG kind of choked against them. They could very easily be 0-5. Uh, it's kind of like shaping up to be what I mentioned in our in our um, like preseason, like early predictions. I, I kind of mentioned that I thought Minnesota maybe would struggle a little bit, be maybe more towards that eight, nine range. You called me a little crazy when I said it. Uh, I feel like it's looking that way right now. They're in that eight, nine range. They're just such a weird team because they could be 0 five. I can see why you'd want to make a roster change because they once again, just like last year, don't seem to be able to get it done in respawns. At the same time, they're just so good at search that it feels like if they just click in respawns, at one point they could just make that run. So it's like uh, they're they're still the weirdest and in my opinion the hardest team to evaluate right now in the league because it's very rare that you see a team that's so good in one game mode be so bad in the others. Like, uh, I mean, you can't ever call them the worst hardpoint team in the game because you do have subliners who are zero and nine in hardpoint. They have not won a hardpoint map at all in vanguard which is absurd to think about in stage one they have one hard point uh if you don't come to kickoff classic but minnesota in my opinion is the hardest team to evaluate i don't even know what to say for them right now because i literally almost want to pick them in any search and destroy against anybody else and they've already shown their clutch factor so many times this year that we know they have but it's so hard to trust them in any response yeah um i don't think that they're getting bailed out in the sense um that, you know, they're kind of ignoring their own shortcomings. Um, I think they're, you know, they're very self-aware that they're, you know, they're a work in progress and they still have, you know, a lot, a lot of that to do and a lot of growing in the game. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't know when, you know, what their, what their tolerance for, um, you know, hanging it, hanging out in like the eight nine range is going to be. Um, you know, it, it could be that they just stick it out through the year. You know, through uh, you know hell or high water, um, whatever happens, they're just going to ride out the entire season with this four. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, there are some some players on the team that you know are struggling with you know engagements and number like individual numbers and stuff like. You know, I'm looking like at Priesta, for example, like just, you know, you know, you would hope that he can turn it around uh, in the coming weeks and stuff. But uh, I don't know. Um, And like you said, Rocker are just such a hard team to evaluate um, based on their their parity between, you know, respawns and searches and stuff. Um, You know, if if I could make prop bets on Rocker to lose the opening hardpoint every single match, I would. (laughs) <laughs> because it just seems like you might as well just get to map number two because Rocker are not winning that opening hard point at this mm-hmm. point in the game. They they rely um, too much on their strength in S and D 
uh, in a lot of ways because if, if they lose an S and D, if they lose that map too, it's almost like it's a guaranteed serious loss because uh, it's pretty hard to imagine them taking two of three respawns uh, yeah. to force a map five. Yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, I, I want to see how they perform. Obviously, on LAN, um, you know, they could be LANimals, uh, like we saw last year as well. Um, you know, they just showed up at Major Five after kind of looking like ho hum. Obviously, uh, Standy was having a lot better year last year. He's kind of, you know, he's not having a uh, a meteoric start to the season by any means. Um, not choking, but you know, maybe they were relying too much on Standy being like an mm. S tier number one SMG again, and just kind of like carrying their, you know, lunch pails into maps and stuff and just kind of getting it done that way, like scrappy work. Yeah. Um, but it's not proven to work out for them yet. So yeah, that's about all I have on rocker. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they do in major one land. Yeah. My last piece before we move on from them is when you talk roster changes, I just feel like there's just zero chance that standy or attach are being dropped because they view attach as the face of their franchise and then standy kind of as their franchise player going forward. So I don't feel like they would think that making a change at main AR would be something that would solve their issues, especially since major maniacs and pretty good. It feels like Prisa might be the odd guy out if they make a change, which is crazy because once again, that's what's so weird about this team. I don't feel like any of them deserve to be dropped because they're all CDL caliber players and they're all very good, but I feel like if they make a change, it'll be picking up a submachine gun player and moving attached to the flex. Uh, that's what I think they're going to do. If they make a change, it's going to be standy with a new SMG duo attached moves back to the flex, which is really his more natural position anyways. And a major maniac plays the AR, uh, but we'll see what they do. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll make a crazy run here in this major, and we'll be like, "Yeah, this is why we didn't doubt Rocker because of their clutch factor on land." You never know. Um, but moving on to the team that you know of these two and three teams, besides maybe Ultra, is actually the team that I'm expecting to potentially make uh, a big run at the land of these two and three teams. Um, Lag, they obviously choke hard against Rocker. Uh, and and lose that match in that map four they're showing glimpses of like what we think their height could be but they they have so many consistency issues what i will say why i think that they're a team that i could see make a run on land first of all they have uh slasher and gunless who have made countless 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 runs on land uh the thing i like about this team is i feel like slasher has played very well this year and been very good in search and destroy as well uh gunless is like one of the top flexes in the game he's got a 1.1 overall kd and he has been frying and asim is one of the top smgs in the game right now if, if you don't uh you don't believe that go look at some of his advanced metrics he's like top in all the engagements per 10 in like every game mode i believe he's up there in first blood percentage we'll get into that in a little bit uh but Asim's been fantastic. Gunless has been fantastic. Slasher's been very good. And we know Hook always has that pop-off potential. And he's exactly sitting at a 1KD this year, too. He hasn't been like a slouch by any means, but his SMG duo has been going off. Uh, and that's why I feel like this team has potential to make that run at any time, because I think Asim can have superstar series on land. I think Gunless can as well. Uh, and then, you know, the the two guys in the back burner are Slasher and Hook, who we've seen have plenty of superstar series on land. So, uh I'm not uh, like panicking on LAG at all right now. I actually think that I feel pretty good about them, even though they're two and three, because we've seen all their players have individual superstar moments. And I think slasher teams, we always say it, it's kind of a meme. They always start slow, uh, but I feel like they've looked pretty good in this stage. Just a couple of choke jobs prevent them from having a better record, but I, I'm really confident in this team, actually, surprisingly. Yeah, and that's why in our script here, I wrote, you know, um, 
you know, they're showing glimpses of their ceiling, but the consistency issues are, you know, preventing them from having a better record and stuff. And, you know, we saw them kind of just like throw away that Berlin hard point versus Rocker. They could have closed it out in, you know, in four maps right there. Um, but then, you know, they give Rocker an inch and they'll take a mile and stuff. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, just a couple other, you know, weird results in, in the group stage as well. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely like echo everything you were talking about with like gunless slasher, ASIM, and then, you know, with who just has like, you know, the potential to, you know, add his voice to any game as well. Um, and like you said, he's not, he's not choking. He's not like the odd man out here. Uh, no, but he's just you know, sitting at a solid one at the, as yeah. the worst KD on the team at a one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, like this team, I, I would say, you know, out of the two and three teams, you know, there's a lot of two and three teams that this this team might have Them one of the, the better chances to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you would have to look at, you know, obviously LAG Ultra is having, uh, you know, the best chance out of this pack here to uh, to make some noise here at this uh, upcoming LAN. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm so excited to see them play. Can't remember who they have in the first round. Uh, it's maybe the ravens i can't remember who they have uh but we'll get into that next week when we do our bracket we've got a couple more teams to discuss uh we're kind of getting towards the bottom of the teams maybe we'll discuss each of them a little bit but i really want to get into our next segment because that uh might be a little bit of a lengthy discussion but we've got boston as the last two and three team they fall to nysl and optic obviously the nysl lost very disappointing considering that they didn't have a win at the time boston was their first win I don't know. I'm kind of, this is why I left them. I believe last week in our power rankings, I still had them at like nine. Uh, and this is kind of why I had them there. I just feel like what we're seeing out of them right now is this week, they struggled in search and destroy. And that was really like the strength of their team. And then when they struggled in search and destroy, they just couldn't close out a series. Cause when you're not winning any search and destroys, it's going to be very hard for them to win a series with three respawns. Cause let's be honest, talent level wise, I feel like they're, maybe middle towards bottom of the league in terms of just pure raw talent, uh, especially when they're playing a team like optic and then, uh, and that map five search and destroy talent kind of won out for New York as I mean, Hydra arguably one of the most talented players in the league drops what 17 or 18 in that map five uh, on bow cage against them. And really just drags New York to that win. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little bit down on Boston. I still feel like because they're that classic team that could beat you in two search and destroys and just win the match through that, that I do think Boston still is an okay team, but I feel like I'm a little down on their ceiling. I, I do feel like they're still going to be able to compete for that seven, eight range and maybe make it to champs. But uh, I think their ceiling is a little bit capped as of now, at least. Yeah. I've been such a victim with Boston as far as like, you know, initially I was like, okay, this, this team's going to be like, you know, bottom two. And then scrim Intel came out with their preseason like <laughs> predictions and they're like Boston's number four or three or something. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm buying all the Boston stock. And then, uh, you know, they did halfway decent at the kickoff and I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'll temper a little bit. And then, uh, I don't know. So I've just been kind of riding the wave. Like I, I live and die with every Boston result, um, to my own detriment. Um, I think this team is slotting into that like six to ten range. Yeah, probably sure. closer to probably closer to ten right now. Yeah, to their um, not, yeah, eight nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, closer to the ten ish range uh, than six. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously this team will, uh, you know, search and destroy will probably be their forte, and then you know if they can pick up the uh, the respawns here and there, they could make some noise. But you know, I I just think on trajectory, I think that they're headed right for that like battle for top eight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then the team they lost to New York. They fall to phase. Obviously, they do beat Boston, like we just said, to avoid the 0 5 uh, 5 finish. I don't know. I don't really have too much I want to talk about this team because, you know, they do have Krim and Clay, but they're 1 and 4, so there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, they're nowhere near where we expected them to be coming into the year, though. We expected them to maybe not be like the top team, but we expected a Krim and Clay team with a guy like Hydra and even Neptune's talent uh, to be, you know, I would say like coming into this stage, like before we saw any gameplay, we would expect them to be like at least three and two. You'd think like a, a good middle of the pack team at a minimum, uh, but obviously they're not. Can we be patient with royalty? I feel like we need to give him some more time because he actually looked pretty good this week. I feel like he actually is a very good player that is a CDL caliber player. It's just a matter of uh, will he be given enough time with this team as they're probably going to be very urgent with uh, Krim and Clay. Big question. Can those two play together in 4v4? I do want to give them a land tournament, but unfortunately for them, they play the loser of Thieves Ultra in their first match. Uh, I believe is how it shakes out. I heard Ake say that on the flank. Uh, they play the loser of the Thieves Ultra, which is probably maybe the the one you want to play the least the loser of because there's not one weak team. Uh, no matter who loses that series, I feel like they're going to beat New York pretty handily. So unfortunate for them, but can Krim and Clay play together in 4v4? I feel like they can, uh, but I think the player that would have made the team work walked away to LAG this offseason. I also heard uh, Ben, ben talking about that in the flank, and I fully agreed with it when he was saying it. I was like, please mention it. Uh, if they had dirty work player Asim, that was also a good calm guy on the map. I feel like him with Hydra and then Clay and Krim, this team would have been elite this year and they would have been a very good team. But unfortunately, because of some relationships, it seems like they let that guy walk. Uh, so unsure. I don't know. Can they still play together in 4v4? I'm like still so hesitant to say they can because they literally are arguably the best 4v4 duo uh, or just like duo in general of all time based on their like finishes. So it's pretty hard for me after one set of five online matches to just be like, yeah, Krim and Clay can't play together anymore. Krim and Clay can't play together. So I I don't know. I don't have too much more to say on that team. And uh, I do kind of want to move on to the last team that you love talking about, but you got anything to say about New York? No, I would. Uh, I think you hit on all the top on all the talking points I wanted to. Um, but yeah, I mean, big, big, uh, big eyes towards how they perform on land definitely will uh just so unfortunate they play the loser of ultra thieves <laughs> yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah but starting in you know one and four you're not gonna start in winners man so no but they could have gotten the draw you know where i mean screw it maybe going on five would have been better because then they could have played boston <laughs> when they lose to phase if they would have been like the bottom seed they could have played boston <laughs> potentially like it might have been better for them uh but yeah i mean if although we could be talking a completely different narrative they're if they're able to take out ultra or thieves in that first match then whoa we're talking a, a whole different narrative but uh we can move on to our final team i feel like we should just give you an hour block because you love talking about them so much paris oh and five not really a shocker um really the only storyline for this team is temp has been frying and has looked like uh of high level like top player in his role um but hasn't led to much because the rest of his team is not performing I, i'm not gonna put that on temp and say he's putting up empty stats because I actually think he's been dragging them to map wins. Like they'd be maybe uh 0 15 map count if it wasn't for him dragging them. Uh, <laughs> and then I mean, fellow and decimate have looked pretty terrible. John, I actually was looking at stats. 
John is actually like a top five player in every control category, like kills per 10, damage per 10, KD, everything, uh, but hasn't been very good in search and destroy or hard points. So he's maybe playing good in one game mode, which is why they've looked very good in control potentially because uh, he's been actually helping temp out. But yeah, Paris 0-5, roster changes have to happen. Uh, keep temp in place, maybe uh, choose one of John or Fellow to keep in place and make some moves, but it's Paris, so they probably won't. Yeah, I mean, you would just hope that they're able to win at least one match <laughs> at some point. Um, maybe they'll do it this weekend. They got some veterans on land. You know, Fellow doesn't lose yeah. much on land. Maybe maybe they'll be able you know, I don't know who they play, but, you know, if they are maybe the team that does play like Boston, I, I wouldn't rule it out that they could beat Boston. Like, I'm not going to pick them, but it's not impossible. We'll see what they can do. All right. Ready to move on to our little segment we have here for top players, their positions. Yeah. All right. So we have an idea for next week. I'll honestly, full disclosure, full disclosure, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do the full major predictions next week, obviously. uh, And then maybe a little power rankings, but the whole episode next week is going to be focused on the major. Uh, But then this week we want to do like something maybe involving the players heading into the major. So we're going to be listing each of us, our top 10 SMGs and then top five ARs, top five, flexes uh maybe i mean we've been going for about an hour so we don't maybe want to like dive super uh like debate style into them uh maybe we'll say if we have a maybe a later episode planned uh like around major two to really dive into the players individually but kind of going to go through maybe list a couple stats that led us to put the players there but we can we can start with our smgs if you want to and start at at number 10 you want to go first or you want me to to list mine these are our, our top 10 players each position heading into the LAN. Uh, so maybe not like where we're projecting them to go, but right now, who are who are our top ten players heading into this land at SMG? Yeah, so um, for number ten for me, uh, and you know, it, it's kind of hard to split hairs. Like, so maybe if it's oh, like, number like, ten, yeah, you we I left yeah. out some great players. <laughs> yeah, so number ten, I have uh, Envoy. Um, okay, so for me, it's just like you know, he's on a foreign. He's you know, really starting to turn a leaf here uh, in in the last few weeks. Um, you know, sitting at a 0.99 KD overall, um, his hard point stats are pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I've I've really been impressed with what I've seen from him, and it was more just like ha- more than half of why I put him here was just like the gut feeling. It's like I I feel like Envoy needs to be in the top ten. So I actually like was extremely 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 happy with you and you said envoy at 10 because he was the player i basically put at 11 i was debating between him and my 10 player so i'm glad you put him at 10 because it kind of justifies like that range i had him in but absolutely deserves to be here like i said i mean i cut out some guys uh like envoy even like draza there's some very good players hook uh attach who's up there in kd like mac i cut out some very good players out of my top 10 but somebody had to go since there's only 10 uh at 10 i actually went with a new player i want to give him his flowers a little bit right now i went with capsidal uh he's been very impressive to me he has a 1.03 overall kd and a 1.14 in hardpoint he's been frying in hardpoint he's been very good in search but the reason i have him not maybe a little higher despite how good he's been in hardpoint searches he's been very 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 bad in control overall he's been really struggling in control uh Maybe that's a sign of impatience in a young player because control is a game mode that kind of relies a lot on patience uh, and hitting cuts at the right time and stuff. But Capsule has been fantastic in hardpoint. I would actually venture to argue he's been one of the main reasons Boston's been competitive in hardpoints because they've been getting out slayed pretty heavy in a lot of those. Uh, but Capsule has had some moments where he's absolutely taken over and fried. Uh, and I like his potential as a young player. Uh, so that's why I've got him at number 10. 
All right. Number nine. I'll go first on this one. We can kind of alternate. Okay. I've got a guy that I've hated on in the past, uh, and he has the second lowest KD of the players I have in my SMGs in the top 10, but I have Bance at nine. Uh, he's a 0.96 overall in the year, but he, like the main stat I listed for him, he's sixth in control kills per 10. And he's in a lot of the top stats for control. Uh, but I feel like he's honestly been arguably Toronto's best player this year. He obviously, we know, is bringing a lot of uh, the leadership qualities for Toronto, but he's had these pretty good numbers against very good teams like we highlighted he's played. And honestly, he's at times looked like their lead slayer. He's out slaying uh, Kleenex in a lot of the series they've played this year. And Vance has really, really impressed me. Yeah, I, I, I like Vance there. Um, I went with Nasty at number nine. Okay. Um, and like I said, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I'm just kind of slotting these guys in. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be the list that we differ the most. Yeah, all yeah. all three lists are going to be the most we differ all year because it's just so hard to place people right now. Yeah, so I don't know. I just I'm I've been really more so just impressed overall with um with London uh and their you know just their slang has been pretty good as well. Uh, like you know, I was just like you know maybe London will find it in majors like three and four, but I'm not sure about one and two. And you know they've elevated themselves up to a, a four and one match count. Um, I don't know. I'm just I've been impressed with uh, the sub duo. Obviously playing uh, you know second fiddle to to Afro, who I'll have later on in my power ranking here or yeah in, in the power ranking here. But uh, I don't know. I've I've been impressed with him. Uh, 1.05 overall KD. Um, you know maybe the hard point. You know m- metrics aren't like you know top tier. Um, he is more of like a hill guy for them as well. He has like, you know, a little over a minute and a half per, uh, per hard point as well. Um, you know, S and D you'd like to see him pick it up maybe just a little bit here, um, in the kills, uh, per round. Um, but yeah, I, I've been impressed and, uh, I, I think it's worthy of mention here in the top 10. Yeah. He's going to be coming up on my list pretty shortly uh i'll be honest but at number eight i've got pred uh feel like he dropped down the list a little bit after this week just because of them going zero and two he may have been a little bit higher uh if we would have done this a week or two ago but i've got him at number eight when i saw his overall kd uh i was like does he deserve to be here he's one of the lower smgs he is the lowest kd smg i have on my list overall kd but then as you dive into some of his uh uh, his like detailed stats it shows the story of why he's been so impactful on the map and why seattle may have been so good to start uh he has 23.4 percent first blood percentage which is second behind i mean i think you can all guess who abizi technically it's third but hixie is number one in first blood percentage so that's a little bit skewed and i don't really count that because it's only one map uh but 23.4 percent first blood percentage second in the league he's also third in control kills per 10 uh and actually, Hardpoint has been by far his worst game mode. He's been kind of dominant in Search and Destroy, especially, like I said, First Bloods, and then very, very good in Control. He's actually got a point nine one in Hardpoint, and it's pretty low in a lot of the overall like Hardpoint uh, kills per and damage per and everything. Uh, but he's been very, very good in the other two game modes, and let's be honest, uh, he's had some moments in Hardpoint where he's looked fantastic, and some of those stats are a little skewed because of how much the, the team overall struggled the last two weeks. But Pred's been fantastic. He's having a great impact on the map. Almost playing that easy type role for them in Search and Destroy. Yeah, for me, uh, I actually have Pred right here as well. Um, okay, so we're in sync with one at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave all the stats as you <laughs> said them. Um, 
you know, just for me, uh, you know, he's he's just had such a large impact on maps with his engagement numbers. Um, I think last week we saw him have like over 200 in a single series, um, which was just like crazy. He had like over 100 deaths, but he had like more than uh, more than 100 kills as well, which is like, holy crap. He's just really just getting in a ton of gunfights. Um, and you know, still, I would still have him in running for uh, Rookie of the Year as well, um, just based on, you know, if Seattle can keep up their good pace. I don't want to let one bad week or, you no. know, one 0-2 week, like, completely bias me against Seattle now. Um, I'm no, confident you don't want to that... get too high or too low on any of these players. Yeah, yeah, I'm confident that, that they'll come back and, uh, you know, maybe maybe not be as dominant as they were as other teams improve around them as well um but yeah i I think that uh you know pred is deserving of a spot in the top 10 right now absolutely uh for my number seven i'll just kind of like mention it and move on because you've talked about this guy already this is where i have nasty um he's got a 1.05 overall and london like you said has is overachieving based on maybe what we set their standards for uh coming into this stage but Nasty's been incredible, uh, and I have him at number seven. Who you got at seven? Seven for me, I have Simp. Uh, okay, probably maybe, the lowest he'll ever be. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a little bit lower just because, you know, he hasn't been the Simp that we, you know, have come to expect. Um, I mean, can't really fault him. He has a 1.03 overall KD. Uh, hard point stats are fine from what i'm seeing uh kd and and uh search you'd always expect him to have a high one 1.45 and uh yeah i i mean i'm just i've been impressed with him even though you know obviously phase uh five and oh but you know simp uh you'd like to see him improve I, i think there's you know definitely room for him to improve as well obviously so uh you know, like you said, the lowest he'll probably ever be for a top 10 SMGs uh, for me at seven. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that like seven being the seventh best at your position in the league is a pretty crazy accomplishment uh, when you're an SMG, at least because of how many there are. But it's insane that it seems so low for him. Uh, moving on to six, though, I've got Hydra uh, got a 1.01 overall. He's like literally the basically the top in all control stats. <laughs> He is dragging his team and their only series win this year. He had 17 or 18 kills in the map five to, uh, as well as like an ace in the final round or three of the four kills in the final round. He's carrying this team. He looks absurd this year. Uh, he literally looks like an MVP caliber player. It's just unfortunate that his, his team is not backing him up uh, and not putting the map wins uh, on the board. But Hydra has been unreal this year and he's proven that last year was not a fluke and that he is looking to be one of the top SMGs of the future. Yeah, um, for me at six, I have Draza, uh, the other okay. half of the uh, Thieves subduo. Um, I don't know, I'm just, uh, you know, early season, I was like, you know, maybe they need to build around Draza. And I, I, I feel vindicated every week I see him perform well and Thieves perform well as well. Um, but yeah, I've been impressed just with, uh, you know, individual maps that he's had. Um, his stats are more middle of the road when you look in, like, you compare him to who's around him in each category. It's not like he's leading this, leading the charts in any uh, category per se. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, maybe he, the closest one he's to the top is, is in control. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've just been impressed with how he's integrated in, uh, to his sub role as well. Uh, you know, especially since there was yeah. all that talk about him, you know, Oh, is Kenny going to take the sub and then he's going to have to flex and, you know, he'll be the odd man out if they're struggling and stuff. I, I think he's put a lot of rumors and speculation to bed. Yeah, I I really like that one. I actually don't have my list, which is unfortunate because, like I said, him and Envoy feel like needed to be on here. But I wanted to give shouts to Banson Capsule, which kind of bumped them out for me. Uh, but absolutely deserving to be in any top ten. Um, I actually really like his fit on their team as well because I feel like Envoy, you know, he's taking routes, he's making plays, maybe taking long hits. Uh, and I feel like Draza fits perfectly into that role where he's more playing like the typical like pre-aim heavy SMG where uh, he's kind of, you know, maybe backing up Envoy's play. Envoy's kind of the guy lead the charge. Uh, and I love it because Octane is perfect for those kind of SMGs, those pre-aim heavy SMGs. Uh, and then Kenny obviously is a faster flex, so he'll speed things up with Draza and kind of like, I don't know, I feel like they have a good balance where Draza can speed it up with his flex but also kind of like slow play it, take a long route with his other SMG duo. And I feel like he's just kind of in a perfect spot on this team and it's showing because he's been playing fantastic this year. Um, and it's, and this is, like I said, this is going to be the most interesting and different list we ever have because uh, it's so up in the air right now. Like as we get into stage two, stage three, it's going to be more settled on who, who the top players are. Uh, at number five though, I feel like at some point, at least I hope you're going to have this guy coming up. Maybe we have him in the same spot. I've got ASIM. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have him at five as well, so we can hash yeah. that out. I mean, he's got a one point oh five overall, which for him is pretty crazy because he's viewed as like the quote unquote dirty player SMG, like the dirty work guy. Uh, he's got a seventeen point two first blood percentage in search and destroy, which is fantastic. Uh, he actually has the number one control kills per ten minutes as well, so number one in that stat category. He's been unreal in control, which is a game mode that maybe doesn't get enough love for people being a top player in, but it's the swing mode. Uh, he's also been fantastic in hardpoint, fantastic in search. Like I said, he's doing the dirty work for his team. Uh, he's very quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the entire league because once again, I like to find players, uh, that I kind of mold my game like, and I kind of feel like, uh, the way I like to play the game is a BZ fast pace or not a BZ, sorry, a sim fast pace sub in your face, getting a lot of first bloods. Uh, just wreaking havoc on the map, getting in a lot of engagements and just being annoying and unlocking the map for your teammates. And I feel like ASIM does that. And that's maybe one of the main reasons we're seeing a gunless resurgence this year and him looking like a top flex again. Uh, so shout out to ASIM. He's been unreal this year, making it look like a big mistake for New York to drop him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ASIM, he's put up some crazy map results as well. Like he's gone like double positive and a couple you know, deciding hard points and stuff as well. Um, just, I mean, uh, I, I really like him as well. Just he's, he's kind of been like that journeyman uh, player, like, you know, rocker dropped him and then New York dropped him. And now he's like, he's on uh, this gorillas team and, you know, seems to have, uh, you know, found a good role for himself there. So you just hope that he's able to continue the positive uh, results here. And, um, you know, kind of find a home for himself more, more or less, you would say, uh, you know, like the player behind the controller, I guess. Um, because I, yeah. I really, I really like his place. I like watching him on the map as well. Um, you know, and obviously his performance in all three game modes, uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, 
especially he's you know making a name for himself in the league uh you know week over week so yeah yeah i absolutely love asim as a player i feel like he's one of those players that like you can literally take him insert him in any roster anytime and he would probably find a way to fit in uh which is something that's amazing and makes it really easy to build uh around and it's really makes it really easy to form your team because it's like uh he's not pigeonholed into one like role obviously he's an smg uh not meaning role in terms of gun he uses but like he could just do anything on that like if you need him to slay out he'll do it if you need him to entry he'll do it if you need him to go get you a first blood he's gonna do it like he can do everything on the map uh and that's why i love him uh as a player he's fantastic and he like you said Hopefully he's finally finding a home because it feels like he was pretty good on Minnesota, gets removed from that team. Then he kind of luckily gets a spot on uh, NYSL because Hydra is unable to come over early enough and makes it stick. Uh, and now he's in LAG, and hopefully he finds a home there. Uh, but at number four, I've got a player you've already talked about as well, so I don't need to dive too much into him. He doesn't really need much justification for being four. That's where I've got Simp. Uh once again, even four for him is crazy low because he's usually one, or if he's two, it's usually his teammate up easy, number one. Uh, but I've got Simp at four. Who do you got there? I've got Hydra, uh, just because he's okay. carrying New York's water right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, still managing to put up uh, pretty impressive numbers, even though the team is just like, you know, really struggling to find a foothold here. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, to even have a positive KD on that team is pretty impressive as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, and you know, it, it would seem like he's in, you know, early season MVP form. You would, you would even venture to say, um, but yeah, you would just, uh, obviously kind of hampered by New York's struggles. Yeah. Um, by their finishes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you could even make an argument that I, I, that he should be lower just based on, you know, the team not having results, but that's, I just think his individual play has been so impressive for me that I'll, I'll keep him at four and kind of stick to my guns there. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I'm thinking there's a potential. We have the same, uh, final three here. Uh, I would have to assume it probably is the same, uh, final three players, maybe same order. I'm not sure. Uh, at three, I've got a BZ, um, kind of, crazy to think that a bz is this low because he's usually towards the top uh meaning one or two but i mean he's got a 1.11 overall kd uh which i've got the stats up here i mean that ranks as fifth in the league and third among smgs uh he's obviously number one in um his first blood percentage at 26.9 percent. that is ridiculous over a quarter of the time, he's getting first blood. He is first in hill time, which is an underrated stat. He actually has 102 seconds on the hill per game. Uh, like he's approaching two minutes in the hill, uh, which is pretty crazy because he also is like top in engagements uh, per map in hardpoint. So he's towards the top in engagements, but he's also always in the hill. Uh, he's like the top in first bloods. He's got a 1.25 hardpoint KD. Uh, He's also got a 1.05 in search. His worst game mode being control at a 0.91. That's like his only downfall. I mean, Abizi's having an unreal year, maybe under the radar because his teammate Selium is arguably the best player in the game right now. But Abizi's been absolutely unreal this year. I can see an argument for him being number one on a list right now with uh, his advanced metrics show that he's having like an insane impact on the map. Yeah, for me, uh, my number three is Afro. Um, okay. I think unquestionably should be in the top three, uh, whichever order you put these guys in, honestly. Uh, 
I, I would agree that we probably do have the same top three. Um, but yeah, Afro has just been so impressive among all along all three game modes. Uh, his search and destroy, um, he is an 18.2% first blood, which is, uh, I believe, fifth in the league. Um, and hard point, he's you know putting in a bunch of uh, a bunch of hill time as well. Uh, in addition to, um, you know, having a positive, uh, a 1.10 KD and then control, um, he's been the third best, uh, in terms of KD, uh, at a, um, 1.22 I'm seeing right here. And then also, yeah. uh, in terms of kills per 10, he's fourth, uh, there as well. So, um, you know, and he's the, the the standout SMG, the one that everyone was talking about. With uh, you know, if London is gonna, you know, build around Afro, you know, he's gonna need to step up and really have himself a a title here. And through qualification for stage one, you know, he's really uh, really been impressive. So I have yeah. him at three. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you're gonna find out how my order is now because I've got Shotzi at two. Uh. He's got a 1.13 overall. He's top 10 in essentially every single advanced stat as well. He's also second in S&D kills per round at, I believe, a 0.87, which is behind Stellium, who has 0.98, which is absurd. Uh, but Shotzi has been an absolute beast in S&D, which maybe you could argue was his weak game mode coming into the year. Top 10 in nearly every category. He's been absolutely frying, uh, just like we'd expect. I can absolutely see the argument for him, number one, but... Uh, We'll get to me talking about Afro at number one in a second, but I'm assuming uh, this is where you have either a BZ or Shotzi, and then the other one's number one. Yeah, I have a, a BZ here at uh, at two. Um, you know, you covered him at three with the stats. Um, the first bloods are just ridiculous. Uh, Every year, over... the guy's number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's not number one by a little bit either. He's dominant at number one always. Mm-hmm. First uh, meal time's absurd for him too. Yeah, that's really kind of surprising there um and he's also putting in a crazy amount he's he's over 3k damage in hardpoint per 10 yeah, everything um, the guy's topping everything <laughs> yeah um and yeah maybe maybe the the name gives him a little bit more clout to get up there in the powering or in in the top 10 for me so uh i don't know i can't really just i can't you know differentiate p's from q's here no and like you said this top three can go in any order and then that means you've got Shotzi at one, which we pretty much covered, and you covered Afro, but I've got him at one. I'm going to be honest. I think you could really argue that Afro's three behind these two, but uh, if we're doing Ryan's power rankings of favorite players in the league, Afro is maybe already climbed up to number two behind Kenny. I love this guy. I said it coming into the year. He was like my player that I was rooting for this year, and so all you EU fans, be hyped. I'm a huge Afro fan, which is kind of the reason that I like I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself like a London fan as like my favorite team or anything, but I, they're definitely a team I root for more often than not. And Afro is really the main reason why I love the way this guy plays the game. Uh, he actually is the number one SMG KD in the league at a 1.14, uh, just 0.01 ahead of Shotzi. So really a pretty negligible difference. Uh, but he's like towards the top in every major stat category as well. I think the big thing that separates him from Shotzi and Abizi, in my opinion, is Abizi at a point I want to control, Shotzi at a 1.05, and Afro at a 1.22. Uh, other than that, in terms of their S&D KD, he falls in the middle of the other two, and then in terms of hard point, he falls just below uh, Shotzi and a little bit below Abizi, so you can make the argument for any of them, but honestly, 
I wanted to just give shouts to Efron, put him at number one, because I feel like at some point, Shotzi Nabisi and Sint might overtake him. But right now, the guy's had an unreal stage one. Uh, so I put him at number one for that. All right. Which which category you want to do next? ARs or flexes for top five? Uh, we could do flexes. All right. So obviously for this one, we're only doing five, because if you do top 10, uh, you cover 10 of the 12 at their position in the league. And then you're basically just covering all of them. So uh, going to flexes, number five, uh, I went with probably a shocker that I know you don't have on your list, but I went with Donnie Temp. Uh, he's got a 1.05 overall KD. He's If you go through all the stats, he's like quite literally in like the 9 to 12 or 13 range in every single hardpoint S&D and most control uh like categories he's literally like towards like the bottom of the top 10 in every single category for all positions uh which basically is showing he's almost a top 10 player in the league by every advanced metric right now he is like the only reason paris is winning a single map uh apart from like john being towards the top in every control stat everybody else is like towards the bottom and everything and temp is dragging this team to map wins granted they don't have many but temp has been unreal this year and feel like he's just going to get trashed all year because of Paris struggles and I think he deserves a shout out at five because he has been fantastic this year really a career resurgence in a way with how good he's played it's just he needs a good team now yeah for me I have uh Illy I've been impressed with uh yeah how he's turned around from you know week one to now um especially with you know optic having a resurgence uh with where they started um so yeah, that's been my my bit with Illy. Um, you know, really is middle of the road for stats. I mean, he's not you know world beating any metric, um, but you know, especially like answering the bell for uh, you know people were like, oh, if this team struggles, Illy's going to be the first one out, and you know, Illy, 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 this, Illy, that. Um, I, I feel like he's had a lot thrust on his shoulders. Uh, so yeah, I mean maybe more for like the intangibles that's uh i'll put him at five i actually love that one i'm actually pretty disappointed in myself that i don't have him in my top five because i think he's been absolutely crucial to optics success over these last three matches i think that's a great great call out there also one thing i just remembered uh was big wake um we kind of put him as an asterisk because i swear him and uh like skies have been switching off i can't even tell who's the smg because they play so much bow cage uh I thought they said like Skies was supposed to be the flex, but then I see Big Wake with an AR out a lot of the maps. They're both pulling on an AR on certain situations in certain maps. So we didn't list Big Wake anywhere, but I feel like we just wanted to mention him as like he falls probably somewhere in the top five flexes or SMGs or, or top 10 SMGs, depending on where you want to put him, because he does have a 1.1 overall and he's been frying this year. So wanted to mention that we both talked about we weren't going to put him on our list because the roles in that team are so messed up, but Big Wake deserves to be on these lists somewhere. All right. Number four, I've got Sib. Uh, I don't know where you have him or if you have him on your list at all, because I could justify maybe moving him down a little bit, but I've got, got him at four. Uh, he's got a 1.02 KD overall, which is crazy to think because he started at like 1.4 for the first couple series. That's how slow he was these last two series. Uh, to me, he drops down to four instead of maybe the top three because ridiculously hot start, but ridiculously slow finish. Uh, for these last two matches. And I feel like in order to hit the top three, in my mind, the top three players on this list have been arguably the three most consistently good players in the entire league, not just flex. Uh, so their consistency separates them from Sib. Uh, and I put them at four. Yeah, for me, uh, my number four is Gizmo. Um, 
Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I thought you'd I've have been, higher. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, throw, throwing darts at a dartboard for me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, his, uh, you know, obviously, really way up. I mean, one point two in overall KD. Um, hard point stats have been, you know, top ten overall. Yeah. Uh, he's doing pretty pretty well in search as well. Um, and control. He's you know top of the league as well, so maybe justified to be higher. Um, and this He's is the number more just, two overall, Katie in the league. Yeah, and this is this is totally just like uh, you know new guy bias as well. It's like I I just want to see more from him, and maybe that's unfair to yeah. not um, to not have him you know sit at like number two or number one even. Um, but. I don't know. I, I feel like the flexes have really come come out in force at the beginning of this year. Um, yeah, top two a, KDs. We, yeah, we have a lot of really good flex players in the league right now, and their numbers are really uh, up there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Some of the guys that, uh, like, I left Illy off my list. I left Kenny off my list, who's been playing extremely well. Um, even, like, for you, you're leaving off Temp. I'm not sure if you're leaving off guys like Kenny uh, and like some other players, but Temp has a 1.05. Kenny has a 1.05. Uh, there's some good players being left off list. I left Ilya off my list. Who's been fantastic. The the flexes have really been good. I mean, I don't know if he's making your list, but Cammy isn't making my list. Cammy's maybe down in the seven or eight range right now for flexes because he's had a struggle to start the year. Uh, I'd be willing to put some money on the fact that Cammy's going to find his way into one of these top five lists as the year uh, goes on. But flexes have been unreal this year. Uh, at number three, in my opinion, I feel like the top three is like pretty definitive. Um, but we differ a little bit on it. So I'm interested to see where your top three goes. Uh, I've got gunless at three. He's got a 1.1 KD 14.1% uh, first blood percentage, which is pretty high for uh, a player like him. Uh, maybe is a little bit slower in search 3,100 or so damage per 10, uh, in hard point, which is pretty crazy. Once again, for a flex, he's been pretty much in, uh, old school gunless form that we were used to seeing another like career resurgence type year where he's just looked absolutely crazy good. Uh, and I think kind of one of my bold predictions for this weekend, as long as they're maybe able to win uh, the first match and have, have a good run. I think gunless might be an MVP form on land this weekend. Yeah. I have gunless at number three as well. Um, been really impressed with, uh, you know, how well he's been able to flourish with having, uh, you know, three, good players around him as well uh that you know understand the roles and have been uh you know really just opening up the map for him to be able to have good slaying numbers as well um you know i i i feel like he dropped like a 40 bomb it might have been this week or last week but uh mm-hmm. been putting up really good numbers in, uh you know really good damage numbers in hardpoint uh Search K, uh, search KD, um, is is half is not too bad as well. Um, I don't know. He's just been, uh, like you said, kind of winding back the clock a little bit to the gun list that you know a lot of people, uh, have been you know giving him credit for and saying you know like we just need to see this gun list back and then you know everything will be right in the world and stuff. So uh, I don't know. I, I've been. I've been kind of buying into the gunless hype train a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's been unreal. I'm so happy to see it too, because 
I'm a pretty big gunless fan. I think you all know. Um, moving on to my number two, this is where I've got Gizmo, though. You already mentioned a lot of his stats. He's got a 1.2 KD this year, second in the league uh, behind, I would hope, who is also your number one flex. Uh, he's top 10 in almost everything. Uh, hard point kills per 10, damage in pretty much every game mode. Uh, so yeah, I've got Gizmo at two. Um, I'm assuming you probably have Sib here. Uh, I have Kenny. Okay, thank you. I like Kenny there. I was like, so you didn't put Sib in your top five? I didn't. I didn't this okay. time. I respect um, it. I was going to say, I thought you were going to have Sib here, and I was going to bring up their stats, Gizmo and uh, Sib playing head-to-head, because Gizmo mm-hmm. dropped a 1.1 and Sib dropped a 0.75, but I'm so glad you put love on Kenny, because I struggled to not put him at 5, just because I wanted to show some love to Temp, but yeah, Kenny yeah, has been great too. And Kenny here for me is, you know, you can't really put numbers on it, because, you know, obviously Gizmo would make that case all day and win it. Um, but, I don't know, I've just been... You know, and this is more just like how Kenny is uh, kind of silencing the haters and saying that you know Kenny should be the one to get dropped, or um, you know if, if thieves are struggling, or um, I don't know, just like he's kind of dispelled a lot of you know maybe naysayers around his name, uh, and just the way thieves have been playing, I feel like it, it, it's kind of uh, you know everything kind of flows uh, you know through Kenny in in a way. Uh, and like I said, you know, the flexes have really kind of had their way at the beginning in stage one of this uh, of this title. So um, I don't know. I've I've really been Kenny's caught my eye a lot and uh, I really like what I've seen from him. So, you know, maybe you could, you know, you could in a in a different time frame or something, you could say Gizmo definitely should be number two. Um, I wouldn't argue with that. I wouldn't put up a fight and say that, you know, like, oh, I'm going to ride and die with Kenny at two, but uh yeah, I uh I don't know. Kenny for me to what I felt yeah. like. I don't know. I mean there's one way to get me not to argue and that's just throw my favorite player on their list. I mean I'm not gonna say you're wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say, yeah, you know what? He should maybe be number one. I'm never gonna argue with anybody placing Kenny high on a list. That's my guy, you know, like if I had to pick a team to support, it might be LA Thieves just because I'm such a big Kenny fan. Uh, half the time you'll see me, I'm kind of memeing because sometimes when there's like a random team playing, I'll post that like uh, picture of the guy carrying the flag of their team, like whatever team it is that I'm like randomly rooting for in that series. Uh, you probably will see. It's going to be tough because my boys are playing this weekend. Cammy and Kenny are playing. Uh, you're probably going to see the post of the LA Thieves flag though uh, because my boy Kenny's playing. So I'm never going to argue against him. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it, it's it's pretty hard to rank these top guys right now and it's insane like kenny's left off my list sib is left off your list uh like illy's left off my list there's some crazy good flexes because they've all been uh really pretty absurd this year uh i think it's it's pretty crazy that you can have a guy at two on your list and he doesn't crack the top five in my list but it's justified uh like i can see why you have met too that's how how crazy good the flexes have been and how really spread out it's been uh crazy that also like before this week sib probably would have been number one or two uh, and then after how slow of a week he had, he drops pretty far. Uh, but I, I don't know that we need to talk too much about number one. I mean, I think Selium should be everybody's number one. If you do a list of overall players, not filtered by position, he might be number one. Uh, there's a very good argument to be made that Selium's the best player in the game right now. Uh, I think you'd probably agree with that. Uh, maybe you don't think he's the best player, but he's definitely in that argument. Got a 1.29 overall, which is uh, number one in the league and almost a full point one ahead of number two Gizmo. He's getting 0.98 kills per round in S and D. 
Uh, and in SD, he has a 2.68 KD uh, through the five matches they played. He's getting 0.98 kills per round. So essentially, he's getting one kill per round. That is insane. Selium has been unreal. Uh, I think you can make a legit argument that he's the best player in the game right now, which is scary because uh, we know the potential that the rest of his teammates have to also be the best player. Yeah, I mean, he was my uh, preseason pick to win regular season MVP. So it's looking uh, good. I feel justified in that. Obviously, you know, a lot changes over the course of and life cycle of the game. Um, but you know, Selium just you know he he's he's like the buoy. You can't really sink him. You know, he's he's always there. Um, he's always like you know he's he's just like around and er- like ever since he came into this phase team, it's like he's just like there. He's uh, the presence on the map. He's a hard kill. Um, he always seems to be making the right plays. Uh, just a very smart player. I know he gets a lot of stuff thrown on his name. He's always in like the thumbnails for the tactical rab, like drama videos and stuff. <laughs> but I mean, this guy, you know, shows up and he does his job and uh, he's getting the payoff right now being the best player in the game. Yeah. And like, He's been unreal. We heard we heard Doug say he thinks that Selim might be the hardest kill in COD history. Uh, that's a debate for all. Uh, you could have a whole debate on who that would be, but you can see the argument because with his, you know, maybe snaking and ratty play style, he is just impossible. Like he's, you're never going to get a free kill on Sel. Really, he's always going to make it difficult. And he's going to buy time for his teammates, uh, and he's been unreal this year. Uh, I think we can move into our ARs though, if you're ready, and then kind of wrap this podcast up. Yeah. All right, so ARs, obviously, once again, only five of them. Not going to rate 10 of the 12, because uh, then you're just getting into the bottom. Uh, another category that I really think uh, can go any which way, I think my number two AR might not be on your list at all, but I think another guy that deserved a shout-out. Uh, but I'm starting at number five. I've got Octane. Uh, he's got exactly a 1KD on the year. He's got a 16.7 first blood percentage, which was uh, over 2% higher than any other main AR, which is something to note, because... Uh, 2% might not sound like a lot, but in this category, it's it's a pretty big difference when the second highest they are was, I believe, Dave Patey at like a 14-something percent. But Octane's been very good. Obviously, his team is 4-1. and one. Uh, Also, rating him on a little bit of intangibles here. We heard that listening, and everybody in the timeline was gassing Octane's comms. He really seems to have stepped into an IGL-type role for maybe the first time in his career because, uh, as we know, most of his career, uh, his playing career has been spent with Looney, who is obviously the in-game leader on all their teams, and him and Looney won many, many events together, uh, with Looney as IGL, and then obviously his successful year on 100 Thieves was with Slasher, who is more of the IGL on that team, so maybe the first time he's really stepping into that IGL role, he said he was gassing Looney on the timeline, saying he learned it all from him, Uh, and honestly, kind of a mix of intangibles, and uh, obviously we know Octane's raw talent. He's been playing on this year, so I've got him at five. Yeah, for uh, my number five, I didn't pick it. I did not pick anybody. I, f- I feel like the AR play has been, you know, suspect at best. Um, <laughs> so I, I was like, I, I had a top four, and I was like, who do I want to put at five? And I just couldn't, I couldn't like pick anybody. Um, I, I have Octane on my list. He'll be a little bit higher. Uh, okay. Maybe just like favoritism bias and stuff too. But uh, I was like, do I want to put like, I guess like. If I was to, you know, pick anybody, it would maybe be Insight. Yeah, in, and that's I just that's just more him, out he's, of he's down from my expectations. I think. Yeah, I mean, he is down, but it's like the rest of the ARs are playing down as well. It's like 
I was thinking about yeah. I was thinking about methods, but I was like, yeah, he's he's been kind of just like ho hum as well. Accuracy. I was thinking about accuracy just because of the ice as well. Like he was you fantastic know. against London too. The only player that really showed up for them. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like I don't know. Maybe put like I I have my top four. Put the rest. Put the other eight ARs on a dartboard, and I'll just toss one at it and pick that as my. Top, I hope you land as on my fifth. Um, <laughs> I maybe I'll pick uh maybe I'll pick uh Clayster just for the memes or something. Yeah, yeah. He may end up on this list at some point this year. I'll never count him out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't be sold. I wasn't passionate about the ARs yet, and see, it's rare because five. It's rare because usually the ARs come out to play early. You know, they're just sitting in lanes, you know, kill whoring. Yeah, usually their stats uh, are higher at the beginning. Yeah, of yeah, and. Right now, it's just like, uh, I don't know. So um, long and short of it, I didn't really commit to a fifth. So we could move into four. Who you have it for? I have uh, at four, we have Mr. Slasher. That's who I have as well. Um, I've been impressed with how fast he started, personally. Uh, yeah. You know, with, with, you know, the Slasher teams might be slow to start, but Slasher Austin Litico himself has started pretty fast. Yeah, um, I'm I mean, he's not, yeah. you know, setting the world on fire, but he's also been, you know, leading this team uh and you know, IGL uh hardpoint stats have been really you know, decent, I guess. I mean, um and I don't know, I mean, just across the board, just kind of middle of the pack in in terms of like, you know, all players in the league, but uh when it comes to you know your main AR and stuff, I, I feel like he's been pretty impressive, and considering where the other ARs are at too. I'm looking. I'm looking for a big weekend on him. Like I said, they. I just did look. LAG are playing London in round one, so that maybe limits their ceiling on what they can do this weekend because of how hot London's been. But I, you know how high I am on London. I, I'm not ruling out LAG to win that first round matchup. I, I feel pretty good. I mean, we're listing ASIM in the top five for SMGs. Uh, I mean, we're listing Gunless, both of us, in the top five for Flexes. Now we're both listing Slasher in the top five for ARs. And, you know, the one player we're not listing on their team is Hook. So, like, whoa. I mean, LAG, they've got a lot of talent. If they can just piece together uh, uh, these games, it'll be interesting to see where they go. Uh, I'm curious to see if you have my number three AR on your list as well, uh, simply because I feel like he's down from our expectations as well. But I still think he deserves to be on this list because of team success. Uh, and he's also played pretty well, and that's Arcides. I have him at three. Uh, he's exactly at a one KD, maybe not like a world beater uh, KD by any means, but he's got pretty good overall stats in hardpoint. He's got exactly a one. He's also up there towards the top in SD first blood percentage for ARs, uh, and he's been struggling in control. He's just been overall like a pretty decent AR this year, but I feel like he deserves that three spot because he's still been putting up good numbers well. It's hard to put up slaying numbers when you have a BZ and... Uh, Selium in like top five or six for KD. Two players in your team are top six. It's gonna be hard for you to be up there as well. But I feel like RCDs is deserving of being uh here in the top five, and I've got him at three. Yeah, for my number three, I have Octane. Um you know, more so uh just because I've really liked what LAT has done so far. And uh, you know, Octane, like you said, stepping into that IGL role, possibly. Uh oh yeah. You know, it can't be for me not be uh, overstated how important that is. Yeah. And for me, it was more 
like surprising that he hadn't done it sooner in his career. But I mean, like you said, with the with the thieves, uh, with hundred thieves roster, yeah. uh, Bo four, like you know, obviously he was playing behind Slasher, um, who was obviously more comfortable in that role, and then. You know the two lost years, I'll call it on surge, <laughs> where it didn't seem like they knew what their head from their ass. Uh, yeah. In gameplay, it's like, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, and then pretty much every year he was with uh, either JCap or Looney. Right. Yeah. So obviously <laughs> you have natural IGLs there, but um, two of the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just like Octane on the list. I like them at three. Um. Yeah. I mean, God, I didn't even realize like when you mentioned that he had he had Jacob and Looney and like all the other years, and then like the one time he took a break from having either of them, he had Krim. Uh, so he's like always had a natural like one of the best in-game leaders of all time. So he learned from a lot of greats, a lot of different styles: Krim, Jacob, Looney, Slasher. I mean, like it's almost like a coaching tree there. He's been with like all the greats. Uh, so that's interesting to actually note. Uh, I want to hear who you've got at number two because I'm going to be very, very disappointed in you if you don't have the guy I have at number two. I have Arsides at two. Oh my god, you're going to miss. Oh, okay, okay, go it, do it. Um, I don't. I just like. I mean, it's hard to fault a team that's five and zero. Um, to not include all four of their players in our top five slash ten list. I don't know. I feel like it would be disrespectful. Um, yeah. I like Arsides. I. I think that he might be in that like major maniac modern warfare role where he's just kind of like, you know, doing the doing the bare bone or you know, not bare bones. That's the wrong term, but you know, doing what's necessary to let you know Simpabizi and Selium flourish. And I feel like that was kind of the role he had in uh, in Cold War as well, where he was just kind of like, you know, I, I'm just here to you know, you know. I think once they won champs, he was up on stage. And he's like, yeah, I just, you know, I just do all the work, all the hard work. And, you know, they, they just, you know, all these players just slay out in front of me. And um, I feel like he's kind of, he might be in that role again. So numbers might not be like crazy high. Um, but yeah, our cities, you know, I can't, you can't disrespect them by leaving them out of the top five. Can you? So that, that was my justification there. I just can't believe that means you probably don't have my number two player and that's zero. Uh, I was two. I was debating it, putting him at five. He was one of the players I was juggling. He's yeah. he's got a one point oh three, uh, which ranks him as third among main ARs in KD, and also that puts him behind Dashy, who I'm assuming is probably your number one, and then Dave Patey, who is number one in main AR KD, who did not make my list just because I feel like he hasn't isn't having as much impact on the map, uh, although he's been fantastic in search and destroy. But zero, I mean. First of all, if we're accounting for in-game leadership mattering, uh, I would argue what he's doing with London and a bunch of pretty much brand new players is as impressive, if not more impressive, than what Octane's doing with a bunch of experienced players. Uh, and zero, you look at his stats across the board, 1.01 in hardpoint, dealing good damage, averaging towards the top in hill time. Uh, in S&D, he's at a 1.06. He's around 10% in first blood. In control, he's around a 1.07. He's constantly around a 1.05, and that is with his teammates Afro and Gizmo being number two and three, or excuse me, number three. No, Gizmo's two. Yeah. Gizmo's two in KD and Afro's three in KD and nasty is also in the top 10. Uh, and zero's finding himself at what 13 or 14 in overall KD third for ARs. Uh, everybody on his team. I mean, he's got three top 10 KDs on his team and he still finds himself at a 1.03 and at 13 in the CDL. I mean, uh, He's been absolutely unreal as a leader. He's been hitting some crazy snipes. Uh, 
he's got his team that maybe nobody expected to be this good at four and one. I think it's a crime to have zero off your top five ARs <laughs> list. Uh, and I also had him as my comeback player of the year in our little early thing. And I feel like that's uh, like your salient pick. I feel like that's off to a pretty good start for zero being comeback player of the year. Uh, I think he deserves shout out because I basically think he's doing what Octane is doing this year, but actually putting up maybe slightly better stats while doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think Zero is so unsung. Um, yeah, exactly. In terms, All, of, he, in, in terms the, of like, he's not flashy. Yeah, in terms of like, you know, even like the desk isn't doing him justice in talking about, you know, oh, you know, Zero really like, you know, pay attention to, you know, how he's like, you know, organizing the team and, you know, just the intangible stuff because his numbers aren't flashy. And I mean, they're very middle of the road, like, I'll just say it, pedestrian numbers in terms of like where he falls in terms of everyone else in the league. Yeah, he is number um, three for ARKD though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, but like if you're just looking at everybody's KD, it's, you know, middle of the road. Like if you don't just, if you take into account SMGs and. He's, yeah, he's 13. Yeah, yeah, 13 so, out of 48. I, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. So maybe that's why he didn't find his way onto my list. I'll I'll put my hand up and say, you know, guilty as charged there. Um probably yeah. should have. Obviously their team is four and one. It's a little bit uh it's also like I don't know. It, it's crazy to me that he falls so under the radar on the desk and everything. Cause like ask any of our EU listeners before Bance had his pretty crazy uh, last year with ultra and like winning uh, the first European event in a while. Zero was like viewed as pretty much the undisputed, maybe besides Jerd, like the undisputed best European player. Of I all think time. you, you, you called him the best European player of all time before Bance's last year. He was undoubtedly. Times, yeah. Cause yeah. he was, I mean, he was the first EU player to win a international event with like both EU and NA. And he was, I believe the MVP of that event. Uh, he won it with Bance. Uh, they're kind of the two guys in the conversation. I'd, I'd probably say Bance is now uh, the best because of his last uh, year or two and how much success he's seen with zero being out of the league at the time. But zero deserves all the flowers in the world. And I, I, like you said, I can't stand that people are overlooking him right now and like not giving him his love. So he needs, he needs to see that love. Uh, who you got at number one though? I'm dashy. Yeah, I do as well. But you know what that means? That means that we both left the number one uh, KDAR off our list, which is crazy. Dave Patey is the number Dave, one. Uh, yeah, he's got the number one KD, and he's got a 1.16 in search, so he definitely deserves a mention as well. Can't skip over him. But like, I don't know. Their team seems to be a mess. It seems like it's hard to rank anybody in Florida uh, in there. Big Wake would have made our list if we had definitive positions, but he's yeah, Florida be the only one. Uh, Florida's so weird. Their KDs are like they look fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, their individual stat like Vivid even too. Well, Vivid is a point nine one, but that's like such a lie because if you look, he's like number one in engagements in every game mode, and like mm-hmm. he has a point nine one, but he's doing a ton on the map for his team. That, that's a, that's about the best point nine one a player's ever had because he's number one in engagements, like up there in first blood. Like he he's doing doing what he needs to do. But I've got Dashi at number one. He's the number two AR and KD at a one point oh eight. He's really stepped it up in Search and Destroy, and we've been hearing he's been doing a lot of work for this team, helping them come up with Search and Destroy stats. So I don't have too much else to say here, but uh, hard to argue against Dashy being towards the top of your list, uh, if not one or two. I should have just put zero at one just just to gas him up, uh, just like I did with Afro. But, you know, I've got I've got Dashy at number one. Yeah, I think his numbers have been really impressive. Um, obviously, Optic winning winning three straight map or matches can can really convincingly 303031 uh i don't know i'm i'm kind of uh 
you know, I'm cautiously optimistic about the the whole dashy thing at AR. Um, maybe I'm still kind of riding that, like, you know, the community speculation on him, like really being the uh, the AR that is going to work in Cold War, or sorry, not in Cold War and Vanguard. Geez, I'm getting all mixed up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. But then again, the whole nature of Vanguard might play into Dashi's hand because he's able to take more gunfights and not really it is ego he doesn't yeah he doesn't have to be a traditional like lane holder a hundred percent of the time um given mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know so um yeah I'll, I'll i'll throw him some gas and say that he's the number one ar for me right now yeah i like it i feel like our lists were overall like pretty similar compared to like this is definitely the time where they're probably gonna be the least similar uh because you're really still settling in players. But as we do this, we might do this maybe pre every major uh, or something coming up here. So it may be something that we'll see. We'll see how it changes. Uh, but I think it was a pretty fun segment. We have maybe a more wide scale player segment coming up in the middle of the year that we're kind of planning out uh, what the schedule looks like going forward, though. Obviously, no matches this weekend. Next week's podcast is going to be pretty much fully dedicated to maybe any news we might see uh, or something. But it's going to be mostly fully dedicated to the major one predictions uh, and really, really, really excited to get into that. Obviously, like, you know, predictions are some of our favorite videos to do. Um, we've been going for a while. I don't really have anything for down bad sports one of the week unless you do. Oh, there's a lot of crap. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not too passionate about Michigan basketball, but. The big yeah, blow up yesterday by my Badgers. A big blow up yesterday with uh, Juwan <laughs> Howard, head coach, getting in a physical altercation. He instigated it. He was one hundred percent in the wrong. I don't, I don't buy the the Michigan faithful trying to defend him, being like, oh, he's a victim of, uh, you know, getting, you know, Greg Gard was physical with him in the handshake line or something. Just like stop it. Like just put your hand up and admit that you were wrong. I mean. All this could have been avoided if he had just been the bigger man and came out and been like, I totally effed up. And, uh, you know, I owe an apology to the entire Wisconsin Badgers. But, you know, my boys, Wisconsin- the Badgers. Yeah, the Badgers are, you know, a rowdy bunch uh, in their Johnny own Davis right. is amazing. I love yeah, they always, they always they always have some guy that's the next guy. You know, a few years ago, it was Bronson Koenig and then it was... Uh, um, yeah, they, you know, they Brad, never have like Brad the individual Davidson, talent, but they find a way to be like a top fifteen team that makes that elite eight. And Frank Kaminsky and Sam. Da- I mean, you know, when are these oh, guys? You know, who's gonna? Team. Yeah, these guys are gonna start paying off. Hopefully for them. I don't know. Um, is- I'm I'm never gonna hear the end of it if they do from my uh, Wisconsin brethren. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really too down bad about that. Um, Olympics are over. A little bit bittersweet on that. Um, I don't know. I've always kind of been an Olympic diehard and it's for me, it serves almost like a, uh, like a spot check in time or something. It's like, you know, what happened the last time the Olympics were on? Like, what was the world like then? And, um, it's just kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a periodical look back in history. It's like, wow, like 2018, uh, the South Korean Pyeongchang Olympics. It's like, that was all pre pandemic. There was a lot, you know, uh, just weird, weird stuff um obviously it's always fun to watch you know sports on at odd hours of the night and obviously winter olympics offers a lot of weird sports that you don't get to see in the Mm -hmm. u.s like cross-country skiing and figure skating and speed skating and people jumping down 
the mountain on skis and stuff. It's just <laughs> crazy stuff that you don't see in America. So kind of fun. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's my little sports blurb of the week. I could go on, but uh, go ahead and let people get on out of here. Yeah. Uh, I actually kind of have a moment now that I'll touch on for about two seconds that you yeah. brought up from the past. You brought up that the only team that ever made me care about college basketball, Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. Uh, I was absolutely down bad when they lost in the final four. And then the next year when they lost in the title game, because Grayson Allen, who's now, who I'm now a fan of Milwaukee on the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Who, who's the team that I actually really care about in basketball when he destroyed us in the national championship, that Badgers team that took out the undefeated Kentucky team, the 38, no team 38. And one. Uh, yeah. They, they took out that undefeated, that supposed juggernaut with some random dude named Frank Kaminsky, uh, who was like the best player in the country, undoubtedly that year. Uh, that was the one team that ever made me care about college basketball. Uh, so I'm down bad thinking about them losing that <laughs> that game in the national title uh, against Duke and Grayson Allen, but we can move on. I also just saw uh, my phone lit up, and it was my cousin texting me. The odds for the, the major came out. Uh, the COD major and Paris is 501 to one odds, and he said he's dropping a grand on Paris to win it, and I said you might as well just throw $1,000 down the sewer. Uh because I get that it's five hundred one to one odds, but Paris is not winning a match. Uh, so odds are out. Paris is five hundred one to one odds. Maybe we'll get Kyle to drop uh, some money on them because it's such a good payout. Uh, we know how much he loves Paris. But... Okay, if 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 one of these like online betting things was giving me a free bet on Paris, I wouldn't even make that. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw one odds. Be, it wouldn't LAG be worth... was like uh, thirty something to one. I was that's a little interesting. Uh but mm-hmm. Paris at 501, I feel like I need longer odds to be able to bet on them. I don't, I don't know, though. But maybe we'll make you make a bet because we know how much you love Paris. They seem to be like the team you always want to talk about. We, we have to get you to stop talking about them at some points. God, I can't even be bothered to <laughs> even remember who's on their team. <laughs> All right, you ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. That's going to do it for this one. Pretty long episode. We're pretty much approaching two hours right now. Um, hopefully a little audio bug in the middle didn't bother you. We had a little cutoff there because our, our system crashed. Uh, middle of Kyle talking about the Ravens, but that's going to do it for this one. Like I said, next week we're coming at you with the predictions for Major 1. That's pretty much going to be the whole episode unless maybe some more news pops up. Uh, we're just going to spend most of the time discussing that. Uh the major figure out a way to do our predictions. Cause obviously with two of us, if we split a decision, it's going to be a little interesting to make the bracket for like a combined podcast bracket, but we'll discuss that this week, figure it out. Uh, if you guys are on YouTube, we'd really appreciate it. If you dropped a like comment and subscribe, obviously we're approaching 400 subs, kind of a pretty big milestone. So that'd be awesome if we could hit that sometime soon. So if you guys are watching and are not subscribed and you enjoy the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. If you drop a sub, if you're on the audio platforms, obviously we appreciate you listening and dropping a review if you can. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, Really excited to get into predictions next week, so I hope you guys will join us for that, and we will see you in the next one. Thanks for watching, everyone.